Welcome to the first episode of Real Life Stories with Jose. In this episode, I have a conversation with Darlin. She is a single mother of three, an evangelical Christian, and she shares with me a little bit about getting married at a young age and the struggle she had with her um, drug addict husband. Uh, she also show, uh, shares with me a little bit about her struggles before and after that situation and really what she learned throughout this whole experience in her life. I'm excited for you to hear this uh, story, so let's get started. Yeah. So my guest today, her name is Darlin. She uh-huh. is a mother of three. 33-year-old female, mother of three. Yeah, okay, well, you use that. Although she looks 17. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell my kids, listen guys, I know I look like one of your classmates, but I'm your mother. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So, welcome to the show, darling. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking forward to our conversation. I know that we had a kind of like a previous conversation a couple days ago. Yes. And so... You got all my good stuff already. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure that... um, it's gonna make you this time around feel more comfortable kind of organized yes more organized i think i I cried too much the first time that's okay (laughs) it's okay it's okay like sometimes when we're talking we uh we're it's not until we speak it that we understand it (laughs) so yes yeah i'm glad that you're here and that uh we're gonna do this so i have a question for you yes what's your start stories I I truly believe people have many stories Um, you know we're not just one person there's not just one thing that defines us Um, I used to think that there was you know I became a mom very young so I felt like my definition was mom as I've grown up I realized I can't be nobody can be summed up into one of their job descriptions and even though you have many job descriptions, that's still not who you are. That's a part of who you are, but that's not the whole of you. But I'm going to tell you the story of how I I became a young mom. I got married young, and I'm 33. I have a 14-year-old daughter. That's my oldest. 14? That's like half your, old, half your age almost. Almost half my yeah. age, yeah. And then I have two other ones, um, 12 and 10. Um, so my story um i got married very young i got married at the age of 19 to a boyfriend that i had um i got married because i had sex with him so we were taught you don't have sex till you get married i felt I don't know if I felt the burden of the sin or I felt the burden of what was taught to me. Okay. Um, and I won't know anymore because that was so many years ago and all I remember was feeling like I needed to tell someone what I had done. So when my mom found out, she gave me an ultimatum was whether to break up or get married. And even though she gave me an ultimatum, I always felt like 
it was pushed more towards get married. Mm. Um, I love my mother, but I don't think we had a good relationship mm. in the sense where she wasn't open for discussion. Okay. So I was. I was rebellious at the time, not because I was a rebellious kid, but because I knew that I was upset. I was upset at her. So I said, I'm going to marry this person, you know, like, take that. <laughs> and the only one, I think I told you this, the only one taking it was me, because, you know, I was the only one that was going to suffer the consequences of that. But um, um, I, I decided that I was going to get married, that that was going to be the solution. Um... In retrospect, I feel sorry, even for Alejandro, which was the person I ended up marrying, because, you know, you don't do that to someone either. <laughs> 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 um, but he had his chance. Yeah. I, I always told him, because at one time I said, let's not get married. Let's not. And he still chose to get married. So that, that was that on him. Do you, do you think that he had that same upbringing or why do you think I think he could have gone both ways he did have the same upbringing but now that I know what kind of person he is he's all oh, the type of person to say I don't care okay. <laughs> you know that was you, you you know nobody told you to have sex with me <laughs> that was on you but he didn't um so we got married now i i didn't know i knew him for over a year but i didn't really know him later on i discovered all the habits he had and the type of person that he was um but you see that's why you need to make sure you know someone when you get married to them and i wasn't taught what things to look for when you get married but that that's jumping up ahead um so i got married i got married at 19 by the time that we got married i was already a month pregnant I was not pregnant, though, when we decided to get married. <laughs> Let me clear that. Let the record show. <laughs> Let the record show that I was not pregnant. But as the months pass, eventually, you know, you keep doing the deed, you're dumb. I got pregnant. So by the time I got pregnant, when the new year came around, we had decided to get married in the fall of 2004. We didn't end up getting married till January of 2005. And when we had our church ceremony in February, I was already pregnant. We got married. Um, as soon as I, we moved in together, um, as soon as we moved in together, that first week, he, 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 he does drugs and he's an alcoholic. He started disappearing. Okay. Um, I didn't know it was because of drugs, to be honest. Um, so how, how would he disappear, like in the middle of the day, in the night? Well, he would go to work and he just wouldn't come back. Oh, okay. He, I didn't work. Um, my whole life changed also because I used to be a student. I always had a job. Not that I had a job that would support me, but as a young person, I had a job. To, I was a, you know, a, a, a kid. I would live with my mom and I made money to buy things that I needed. So my world changed. Boom. All of a sudden. Now I cannot, you know... I'm not a child anymore. Now I'm married. Now there's bills. There's rent. Even though it wasn't a lot, but still, now I'm not a kid anymore. You know, you have to grow up. Um, so I didn't work anymore because I was pregnant. 
and I don't, I mean, that's not an excuse, but that was the mentality, <laughs> you know, you get pregnant, you don't work, I don't know, and I'm very grateful for that, that's to come also, um, so he started disappearing, um, he wouldn't show up home, and he would tell me, oh, I went to a party, oh, I, I, they had a party, and at first, I remember thinking, okay, well, we're young, why don't you take me to the party? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to that party. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, I would believe all the lies. Like, oh, I I helped this person out. I helped, like, now I think, man, you're stupid. <laughs> but 19-year-old me was like, oh, okay. And um, then I realized, no, um, he's not going to any parties. He's He's getting high. And he's getting high for days. So did, you already knew that he was getting high? No, I didn't know he was getting high until I want to say my brother told me. And I don't remember how it is that I found out that he did heavy drugs, but I think it was my brother who told me. And I didn't know. And it was like, like I knew what a drug addict was, but I didn't know what it was like I just knew what the term drug addict is but there's a difference between reading certain things in a textbook and then living with people who are drug addicts yeah there's a there's a difference from seeing a drug addict from the outside yes exactly from from actually being in the inside. on the inside and when my brother told me I didn't know to what extent he was a drug addict because I couldn't believe it I've known him for a whole year I had never seen him be high ever Unless I was missing it. I had seen him be drunk um, occasionally, but not in front of me because he knew that I didn't like that type of stuff. And he did a good job at not doing it, but I was very naive and gullible to think that someone would stop doing that. Um, so when he told me that, I, I couldn't believe I Part of me could not believe it or did not want to believe it. I don't know what it was, but I, it's not the person that I knew. So it was kind of hard to believe. Right. And because he had only been disappearing, I had not seen him behave in that manner yet. So he was very good at hiding it, but not very good about lying about it. He was good at lying about it and hiding it, but I was also very gullible, so it didn't take much to, to convince me. Okay. Um, so when I finally, I think I finally saw him one day come home high, and it was a completely different person. It was someone that, that I didn't recognize. Obviously, I recognized his face, but the way he was behaving was like like someone from the street. <laughs> how, how was he behaving? He looked like a bum from the street. Okay. Um, and, you know, now that I had seen him, the shame became less, you know? What, sh- what shame? On his behalf. There was okay. no point in hiding it, no point in, wow, okay. in um, lying about it. So... Um, so that was a shocker so um, this was during my first first year of being married I did a lot of discovery of his drug addiction so uh, this time did you have your first child or not yet I hadn't had her yet I discovered all his drug addiction throughout the first nine months of our marriage and 
I still didn't fully understand it. I just, as a person, became aware of what this entailed. Um, he started stealing. Things started disappearing. Um, I remember all my CDs. You know, I, I, I never grew up in a home where people stole. Right. So there was never any reason for me to be looking for things. But as time passed and you start, you need something and you go looking for it, and then you realize it's missing. So very, very fast, I started discovering this guy steals, this guy gets gets high. I didn't know what drugs he used yet. And this guy likes to drink. Um, we had our first daughter. I think I mentioned to you um, the first year, uh, I didn't gain much weight during my pregnancy. And I know it was part due to all the stress that I had with him. With not, not sleeping the first few years I couldn't sleep at night because he wouldn't show up and I would always have that fear like something's gonna happen to him like oh my god this is the time this is the time he's not gonna come back like this is the time he's gonna die this is the time he's gonna get arrested I don't know a lot of stuff um we broke up right after having my first our first child Sophia um he he went to rehab. I don't think I mentioned this last time. He did go to a, um, a rehabilitation center. He didn't make it. He lasted maybe three months and then he got out. Um, it was a very unhealthy relationship very fast. We were together, not together, together, not together. I did love him. I did. I didn't mention this, but you know, you, you, you do love this person. You know, they're there. You do get to live with them when they're not high or drunk. So you get to know who they really, who they are, are. who they, they have the potential of being. And um, and he was a pretty cool person. <laughs> That's the person you fell in love with. No, 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 no. The person I fell in love with was a facade. <laughs> I see. You know, it was him trying to impress me and me getting impressed and saying, yeah, it's not so bad. All right, let's get married. Okay. So, so we should then... not have gotten married. We were not in love. We did not know one thing about what marriage entails. Um, also, I have to say that he was a very um, affectionate person. And that's something that I lacked. So I know when he used to give me all this affection, he was filling a void that I had. And when you need something as a person and someone's giving it to you, it's kind of like, like, I like that. <laughs> you know, so. you, you need it. You need it it's yes. an emptiness that's getting filled. So I, I, I recognize that right away. Like, I I grew up I grew up very happy. I have no complaints, me personally, about my childhood. I grew up playing. I grew up laughing. I grew up as normal as to me could be. Right now, if you ask my siblings, they might have a different story. Right. But that's my accounts, my details. But I always knew that I needed love. Like that's one thing that we didn't grow up with. 
And not that I didn't think my mother loved us because she was a single mom. She worked hard. She provided. And I always knew that she loved us. But I needed, I needed positivity and affection towards me. And Alejandro was really good at that. <laughs> I'm not saying it was fake. I honestly thought it was genuine. So there was that that he was filling in me at that time that I liked. And like I said, you live with someone, you you know, you get to see them sober. Um, and um, he, I, I got along with him great. Now 33 years old me realizes this guy can offer you anything because he has so many problems. He probably doesn't even know who he is himself. Um, but he, he, ew. you're going to say this is crazy because he did a lot of bad things to me, but he did a lot of nice things for me as well. And, um, and I know it's kind of hard, but. So, um, we lived on and off, on and off, um, and I think I told you some details on, on, um, Thursday, um, <laughs> if you want me to tell them, I'll tell them again. <laughs> That's totally up to you. But, um, my story continues, I got pregnant with our second child, um, I did not want a second child, I felt like oh my god <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> um i had a second child and i'm not gonna lie i thought about not having that second child i don't think anybody knows that but it was something that i contemplated you mean abortion abortion yeah um i thought about it I even called. I went as far as to call and ask information about it. Because how could I have a second child with a person? Like, it was bad. I, I was telling you, like, my first four or five years, it felt, it. if I could describe it, it's like someone punching you and that's in the stomach. And right when they hit you in that place where you feel it, that's how I felt for the first four years of my of my marriage. It was just horrible. There was there was violence. I became a violent person, I told you. I became a very bitter person. I became much more cynical that I am a little bit cynical right now, but before it was just like there was nothing good of this world. <laughs> the, cyn the cynicism now just comes with age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the one that you welcome. It has nothing to do with past tr with troubles, you know? But I was very bitter. I was very unhappy. I was unsatisfied at the type of mother that I was. Because even though I loved my children and I protected them, my, fan my teenage fantasy of being a mother was much higher quality than the type I was giving. Okay. Um, I became very numbed. You know, a person who lies to you, I'm not gonna do it. You, you stop believing, 
you you become numb you know you're you're living with this person and everything they tell you is a lie that's not the type of relationship anybody should be in (laughs) you know um i'm not saying you're gonna find someone you might not but even you as an individual can give yourself better alone than to be in a relationship like that and later on i realized that when i was on my own that i lived happier um you know i was telling you there's always that sense of wanting to converse with someone and just having another human being next to you but i realized that at least for myself my own company was better than anyone's company especially his um right away at 19 i had my first child at 21 i had my second child and at 23 i had my last child savannah um i love them all you know we fantasize having them having children under different circumstances but um but i love my kids um at the time i was overwhelmed at the time i didn't know what i was doing (laughs) at the time i was like a robot waking up doing my job going to sleep waking up doing my job going to sleep i i can remember that part i was very robotic like this is my job this is what i have to do (laughs) my kids yeah yeah (laughs) um let me see a few years after having savannah i had savvy 2009 and the drugs didn't stop the alcohol didn't stop well one thing i noticed with my ex-husband he would give one vice up for the other when he would try to give up drugs he would become a full-blown alcoholic when he would tell himself you can't be an alcoholic he would slowly creep back into drugs he could not be without a substance he had to have something um We broke up maybe the year of 2013, 2012, 2013. We stopped living with each other. Um, there was, it, it's hard. I think anybody who has been in a horrible or a bad relationship can tell you this. Or maybe at least a group of us can, you know, if we're very, very honest, you know, because it's embarrassing to to admit that you're weak, that you are stupid, that you still feel this way. Um, but even through my divorce, and even though me knowing that the best thing was to separate and not wanting anything to do with this person physically anymore there's still this sadness that that you experience when i got divorced i was <sighs> relief right. it's over there is no connection between this person and myself obviously there's a connection because we have three children but as a couple there right. is nothing that attaches us anymore but i cannot explain why i still went through a depression 
Um, I mean, I, I have my thoughts. Like nobody gets, nobody wants a failed marriage. Nobody wants a broken home. At least me. I don't need to be with different people. I can stick to one person. Um, the last two years, uh, in 2016, he went to jail. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> he went to jail for six months. Um, I didn't think anything good, anything bad. By that point, I was thinking it's your life. Um, whatever you do, I don't really care. But, you know, when your kids start asking... Why hasn't Papa called us? Or why hasn't he come to see us? And actually, no, they found out the same as me. He was supposed to see them. And I was dropping them off. And when I was dropping them off, the owner of the house says, oh, he got arrested. So we all found out together. And how do you tell your kids, you know, try to cover sometimes certain things up? Um... He got arrested for six months as I was telling you those six months I was listening to focus on the family a lot um, and focus on the family for you for those of you who don't know it's a radio ministry Christian ministry that focuses on keeping families together and not just keeping them together but they give counseling for raising kids marriage and I kid you not those six months and they had nothing to do with this man being in jail because I could really care less. I cared because we have children, and I would not want him to get deported. Okay. But I can care less because we were. I already got right. to the point where we're both adults. If you had told me on early on in my marriage, oh, I would have been devastated. Oh, I would have been thinking, not sleeping. After so many years of a person like this, you learn to go to sleep. You learn to not care. You learn whatever you know this is what happens when you're in a relationship that stinks after so long you just stop caring you just put your sheet over and go to bed you don't miss that there's not a person there anymore because it just becomes your new the new new you Um, so he went to jail. I was listening to focus on the family a lot, mainly for my kids because I was raising children and I needed all the tips that I can get. And I like that radio station a lot. But those six months was all about marriage. (laughs) (laughs) How you should give your marriage a second chance. How counseling works. How counseling is cheaper than divorce. Sometimes it is not, let me tell you. (laughs) That is a lie. When you have nothing, when you own no home, when you own no car, when you're both equally as broke, divorce is only $600. And I'm not advertising divorce because I am (laughs) pro-marriage. I know a lot of you might think uh, you're pro-marriage and look what you got stuck with. But I am. I am. And I'm going to tell you what I learned from my marriage that now I could teach my children. Um, But... I, I was telling you that I had told Jesus, Jesus, if you want me to try my marriage out again, you need to come down <laughs> from the right seat of God and come and tell me personally because there is no way, no way that this man and I should be together. Um, but I learned a lot about what marriage was that nobody taught me. And I didn't want to go out without knowing. I didn't want to go out 
not doing what God told me to do. Um, and God showed me, you know, love does not anger, love forgives, love does not covet, um, it is not boastful. And in my marriage, I have become all those things that I was not supposed to be. I had become, I coveted. I coveted other people's relationships. I coveted other people's marriages. Not the husbands per se, but the way they would treat their wives and children. I coveted other people's financial situations. You know, why can they do that and we cannot? Um, I became very resentful. Whatever he did, no, you were wrong. You know, um, the word says that your your tongue can give life or death. And I learned to give that man pure death. <laughs> like, that was my mission for many, many years. Like, if I can stab you, I will. And uh, when I learned all these things that the word of God says, you know... <laughs> people might say he deserves it or that's what he gets and I will agree but as a daughter of God I have to be obedient without thinking of how the other person is behaving that's how I see it you know and um, then <coughs> so him and I we spoke right before he got out of Actually, after he got out of jail, we spoke and I had told him what I had learned about marriage and how we had never really gone into it wanting that type of life. We just got married. He did drugs. And obviously, it's not like we're going to get married and you're going to continue to do drugs. He had said, I don't want to do drugs anymore. I don't I don't want to drink the drinking. I'm probably still going to do, but I'm going to try to way off of it and I said okay let's go in this with the same mindset I said we have to go to church we have to pray together we have to read the word of God together because or else we're just gonna go the same way we were going um that year and a half or a little bit less than a year and a half um I learned a lot of things uh I learned how to close my mouth I I learned how to trust in God. And I really don't think now that my marriage was going to get saved. I actually think that what I went through was a gift for me. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to get married again or that none of that. I, I don't know. But I grew as a person that last year and a half. I was telling you on Tuesday that uh, there was this one incident where um, he he had, I think he had gotten drunk the night before, and I was so upset, he fell asleep in the car, I don't remember, I think he fell asleep in the car, that's how drunk he got, and he fell asleep in, the car, in his car, and I was about to give him like, I told you, why are you wasting my time? <laughs> And I heard God's voice and he said to trust in him. Now he didn't say he was gonna fix my marriage, but <laughs> you know.
know, sometimes people think, oh, God told me this and everything's going to go okay. Wow. It's not the okay that we're expecting. So I remember remembering God's word and saying, you know, love forgives. <laughs> love is this. Love is that. No, it's not this and that. It says something. I, I'm, I'll look it up right now what it says. <laughs> and I got on my knees. I was so mad. And I got on my knees and I told this man, not this man, Alejandro, how much I loved him. And it was true. It was true. Even now, um, he upsets me. Um, I, I'm very upset at him. That, But even now, if he were to really ask for forgiveness, I'd forgive him. You know, there, there is no, not that type of hate in my heart towards him. But I remember getting on my knees and saying, Alejandro, I love you. I want this to work. Why don't you see it? <laughs> and he was mad too. This was a day of confrontation. This was not a... I remember him him starting to cry and say, I don't know why I do the things I do. I can't help myself. And when I got on my knees... I was so angry. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to ask this person for forgiveness. Or not forgiveness. I didn't want... I was not the one to be in that position. Right. He should be the one on his knees. But I got on my knees because I thought my family is worth me getting on my knees for. My marriage and my kids. And even if he's wrong, and all I have to do is get on my knees, I'll get on my knees, you know? That's pride. If I don't get on my knees, it was like symbolic. My marriage and family is worth more than saying I'm right. Um, and there was something that happened to me that, that afternoon or evening. I don't know what it was. A lot of you are not going to understand it. <laughs> but that's why I say that last year and a half, I learned so much. And I used to be a very proud person, so proud, so proud. Like a lot of people would tell me. And I lost pride that last year and a half. You know, when you get on your knees for someone who doesn't deserve it, pride goes out the window. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. <laughs> because I was, if you grew up in my household, you were gonna be proud. <laughs> Not because we were. You know, we had so many awards, but that's how we were raised. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't bow to no one. You don't, you're right and you're right. And everybody's going to know how wrong they are. <clears throat> so I learned a lot that year and a half. Um, we ended up going through the divorce. You know, he kept doing drugs. He kept being an alcoholic amongst other things. Don't get me wrong. He started flirting with other women, started contacting other women. Um, and I, I don't want to leave out a detail. when I, And I told you this, and I don't want to seem like the same, but when I was 22 years old, we had separated, and but we were still legally married. And I had gone and looked at, for a relationship outside my marriage. And I did it on purpose. And I always want to set that record straight because I'm talking about me. And I have to also be honest with my faults. And I told you, um, my husband was the first person I had ever slept with. And 
I always felt like he he took me for granted because he thought I, he probably did think I was stupid and I was stupid. I believe so many lies that he told me, but I was so angry and I told you I was so angry at God that they teach you oh you know you no have sex before and you shouldn't have sex before marriage. I teach my children that, but I don't teach them for the reasons we got taught. I teach them for the actual reasons that I believe you shouldn't have sex till you have marriage till you get married but I was angry at God I said I married this man you know sometimes you you don't want to be honest with yourself you you want to pat yourself on the shoulder you know and, and I told God I married him I had sex with him but I married him I did the right thing that's not true <laughs> <laughs> the right thing after the fact yeah and now you know I was angry that they teach you your your virginity or your whatever is so, your flower. Yeah, your flower. And I was angry that this person that I had given my quote-unquote flower to was such a horrible person. Horrible. He was... But you, he's a horrible person in general, not just to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's not a nice guy. I, I, I told him, if you were on the street, don't talk to me. You're not my friend. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with you. Um, so I went out and I sought a relationship. And not just a relationship. I sought to sleep with this person. That was my mission. That was my goal. Like, that's how I was going to get vengeance. So I thought, you know, the only person, again, who got hurt was me. <laughs> because, you know, ladies out there, don't sleep with people. Stop it. You're only hurting yourself. You only feel more empty. Nothing gets fulfilled. It's, it's this lie that they sell you. Because at the end of the day, not only do you run the risk of STDs, you know, I think we all know that by now. There's internet. There's too many things for us not to know that there's STDs out there. And they are so, so true. Okay? Um, and herpes has no cure. FYI, remember that. Okay? You might take penicillin or some other antibiotic for chlamydia, gonorrhea. But herpes is for life. Okay? It's a PSA for you. Yeah. Okay? Please. They might look clean from the outside, but they are not clean from the inside. Um, I didn't get no STDs, <laughs> but there's more that happens. You know, there's this emptiness, like, bam, that's just one more person on your list that just made you more empty. Or And they don't make you empty. You're just not getting fulfilled. You're not finding what you're looking for. You're not going to find what you're looking for sleeping with someone. You know, if I didn't find it sleeping with my husband, definitely wasn't going to find it sleeping with... Uh, well, he wasn't a stranger, but oh, okay. <laughs> hey, I'm not that. <laughs> <laughs> not that sleazy. I'm not that sleazy. <laughs> uh, he was someone that I had met, but little did he know. I mean, little did I know. Ladies, men just want to sleep with you. Period. That's their goal. But I had seen him, knowing this is the person. This is who I'm gonna take my vengeance out on. But that—that's just a lie from the devil. The, the, there was no vengeance. Again, it was just me causing more harm because wrong does not create right. By the way, that sound was uh, her <laughs> <laughs> slamming the table here. I wanted to prove my point. <laughs> so yeah, I did do that. At the end of my marriage, I remember finding his phone, and he had been talking to these ladies. Um, 
I was still saddened. <laughs> there, there was something in me that did get sad. I don't think I would have gotten sad like other women do, like because I had just been to suits through much, that so much that I, I didn't care. Like you felt it was justified. I felt like no. I felt like. What else can you do to me? You know, like, ah, what else can I expect? There's nothing that can surprise me from you anymore. Um, and there was actually this one point in my marriage where I wish he would have cheated on me so I could feel justified to leave him. Okay, I could say, yes, this is just, you know, clear, clear as ice. I can leave him. Um, but the divorce went through. I did go through sadness. I was relieved that there was no connection between him and I anymore, but I was still sad. I was, um, I was sad that, um, I didn't have a marriage. <laughs> I didn't have a family, a house, you know, but I didn't want it with him, but I still wanted the idea of it. Um, now it's been over a year since I've been divorced. Um, I learned a lot. Um, I, I told you this on Tuesday. There was a time in my marriage where I used to wake up and forget that I was married. And I would wake up with so much joy. And then I would realize what my current situation was and I would get all sad. Sometimes I would even cry. But <laughs> fast forward, 33-year-old me going on 34. Um, I told you this. The 30s are the best. Are, I think are a gift from God to me. Like, I am so... I still have problems. I still have struggles. I'm still struggling with this man. We're still going to court. <laughs> I don't think he's going to show up, but <laughs> um, problems are still there. The world keeps throwing things at you, right? Our actions and our decisions have consequences, you know? But um, if somebody asks me, and I always say there's no such things as what ifs. I hate the questions, what ifs. There's no time machine. There's no such thing as that, you know. But if somebody were to ask me if I can go back, would I do it again? I don't think I could live my 20s again. I would feel so overwhelmed with having to do that all over again. I would say, don't touch anything. Leave everything just as it is. Let me be here in the now where I'm at. It's not perfect. But um, I thank God. Because even though I didn't have that love that I was looking for that my ex-husband showed me, my mom did teach us a lot of things. And I know that because of the way that I was raised and the way that I am, I was able to go through that. Because that is some, it's not just a story, guys. It's not just, oh, young girl, Mary's a drug addict, alcoholic. It's some, it, it's, it's like in a, it takes a, a beat up at the type of person that you are at your spirit at everything and i thank god for my mom that she was very strong and that she always taught us there's nothing that you can't do if you get down you just get back up again um now i wish she would have taught me other stuff too but at least that stuff i was i'm thankful for it because I don't think I would have been able to come out being the person that I am. And I'm grateful for it because, look, he was very irresponsible. He he would um, 
get his check and he would get I, guys I don't know how people can spend $500 in drugs and alcohol I know you're buying it for other people too it must be but literally money is like putting water in your hands it just falls out of it so I already knew we're not gonna complete rent we're not gonna complete bills we're not you know it's just like I was telling you literally I fell for many years like when you're in the deep end of the pool and you're like <laughs> putting your mouth over the water but it kind of goes in and it, you spit it out and all you're trying to do is just keep breathing yeah. that's how I felt um and I hated it. I hated it. I uh, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I can laugh about it now and I can smile about it now and it seems like it seems like a different world. It's like when you go on vacation and you see this bad stuff and then you come home <laughs> and you still remember it cuz you were there. But that's not where you're at anymore. So like a bad vacation. <laughs> yeah, like like when you go to a, a poor country and you obviously you're having a good time because you have the money to stay at a nice place, but you're still witnessing what's going on in that land yeah. and it saddens you and you take that sadness and you don't can't erase it because you've already witnessed it. it yeah. But you go home and it's like oh you know, thank God that's not my life. But you're not gonna forget it because you already witnessed it. So that's how I feel. And I don't know how comfortable you feel about talking about it. You can ask it. Um, but uh, on Thursday you spoke about the domestic abuse. Yes. W- would you feel comfortable talking about yes. that? Yes, 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 I will. Yes. Would. <laughs> um, so, yes. Early in my marriage, I told you the first the first nine months of my marriage when I was pregnant of Sophia, my oldest. Boom! That was another door that opened. Domestic violence, being physical. First, it was him towards me. And I told you, like, the worst thing this person did, Alejandro, let's call him by name, Alejandro. He bit my back. I told you this, like, like an animal. Like, like out of all the incidents, that one was the, the worst. I was bit on my back. I saw a picture. And I couldn't believe that was my back. It looked like a picture from like those those shows with police uh-huh. when they take pictures of like the dead victims. Like uh-huh. literally, my back looked like some dog had bit me. And what saddens me is that I have the image of the picture that I saw because I can't obviously see my back. Right. But it was. So disgusting and you know like I told you growing up in the household that I you know my mom was a strong woman she didn't put up with crap she taught us not to put up with crap and I couldn't believe how I felt the smartest of my sisters in that area that area because yeah. my sisters are both smart who right. wonderful women super my oldest sister so intelligent but I felt like in that area like nobody's gonna take me for a fool well they took me for a fool <laughs> you know and I wanna, and I'm glad you brought it up actually. I didn't know how to put that in the story. You know, sometimes you think you're so smart. And I was. Yeah. 
Like, I knew people lie. Men are liars. Not because I hated men, but because I grew up with my mother saying all the bad things that they were. <laughs> but here I was, getting bit on my back by some moron. And I didn't know what to do. You know, if, if I were seeing me from the outside, I would say, yeah, call for help. But something came over me those first few years where I didn't want to tell anybody. I was not just embarrassed. I didn't even know what to say. I couldn't believe it was happening to me. That was the thing that shut my mouth up the most. I couldn't believe that I was in this situation. So those first, I think the domestic happened the first two or three years and I told you it wasn't like an everyday occurrence because it wasn't. But, you know, people like, like that like him start losing shame like you do it once and you see that you can and you try to do it again and like I told you I grew up with my mom so I already knew some certain symptoms or symptoms of people who are like this and and I remember one night I, I told you this he got into the habit of going into the house through the window because I would lock all the doors and I was waiting for him like I, I told you I became very aggressive I was not an aggressive person and I became aggressive I became like you can yell I can yell too you can punch I can punch too and I had I didn't even know what I had but I was waiting for him at that window knowing he was gonna come and the moment I started hearing the <laughs> I think I found a blade and I told him you're not coming in through this window you can go in through the front door but I knew I had locked the doors. <laughs> so he wasn't coming in, period. And he started putting, he said, I think he said, I'm coming in. And he put his hands on the, through the window. I stabbed his hands with the blade. And it's funny, but it's not funny. Because just because he wasn't, you know, a aggressive person. And he has problems because, hey, somebody doesn't bite on your back because they're mentally healthy. Yeah. You know, no ladies, they are not mentally healthy. But I was becoming mentally unhealthy. Um, I don't remember this, but I believe him because I would start getting so angry that I would, I would lose track of time. And he said I burned him with the iron. I remember her holding the iron, but I never remember burning him, but I believe it. He says, I threw the hot iron at him towards his torso. And I believe it because he, I saw the burn mark. I don't remember doing it, but I saw the, the evidence that showed wow. that he got burned. Um, and don't get to the point where I got to 13 years into it. If anybody's out there hearing, do not. Do not. Um, even if you're Christian, do not. <laughs> Why is that? factor being Christian you know because they teach us uh, marriages for life um, the only divorce that is allowed is if there is fornication but this is not healthy this is abuse this person is not mentally capable of being in any relationship they, they, they need help themselves he needs help he still needs help I think he's getting more matter and more matter as time goes not with the domestic i told you this a few years after i think four years into our marriage when he apologized and i told you i don't think he apologized to me i think he apologized 
reflecting on the stuff that went through um and and i think also our our children affected him because one time sofia witnessed it and i think it hurt him not what he was doing to me but i i was thinking about this these days it hurt that his daughter saw him and whatever it was i'm glad and he apologized and it never happened again after after that apology he would still yell and we would still yell and we would still get in each other's faces and he would still do that like you know when you get in front of someone and you're obviously stronger than them so there's no way that they're gonna get out of there right yeah so he intimidated you yeah and uh, <laughs> yes but he is not intimidating at all but <laughs> um but i want to add this because if anybody's out there listening and you're in the same situation number one get out you know the person's not going to change and if they are going to change, it's not you that's going to make them change. You you cannot change anyone. I know women go along saying this lie to themselves that, oh, but I'm going to change that. No, no. That is false, women. We do not have that power. Okay? We do not. A person is going to change one when they realize that they have a problem. They have to realize it. There is no problem to change if there's no realization that there's a problem. Number two, it takes so much hard work to change so it's not going to be you it's not going to be your love it's not going to be your beautiful body or your beautiful face that's going to make them change they have to want it from within so they can put the hard work that it takes um but get away and number two be careful because when you don't get out of that relationship you become like me bitter aggressive one time i thought gonna get into it so bad that I'm gonna kill him like (laughs) like like not because I was contemplating murder Mm. you know I don't want the police knocking at my door (laughs) I wasn't contemplating murder but I thought I'm holding myself back not my strength my anger if I really unleash how angry I am I'm gonna go to the end with this either you kill me or I kill you because I'm not I'm fed up with you trying to put your hands on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I, I thought it out in my head. And I thought, you're going to go to jail because you're going to be the one to, to finish this. Because I'm, I'm, I'm in my five senses. This guy is not. Obviously, I'm going to have the upper hand with my mind of how I'm going to do it. <laughs> not of how I'm going to do it. <laughs> but this guy's obviously high. He's falling out, you know. I'm gonna win. <laughs> Even though drug addicts get super strength, FYI. Yeah, I know. Um, but then I thought you're gonna go to jail, and then what? You're gonna leave your kids? I mean, he's he doesn't care if he leaves his kids. You know, he's he he can't take care of himself. Not gonna be able to take care of kids. You're gonna go to jail. What's gonna happen to your kids? You're gonna be help come foster children. They're not gonna have a mom. Then who wins? The devil? Yeah, that's who exactly who wins. Another thing that we talked about on Thursday, yeah. <laughs> that I think it's uh, important, uh, was you said you had this feeling of like being alone. You had mentioned that you weren't working, you were with yes. a child, and you were kind of alone against the world. Yes, thank you, thank you, Jose. <laughs> no, 
Yeah, and I and I know this is a common one amongst women. I know this for sure. You know, I was not just pregnant with my first child, then I became pregnant with my second. By the time my third one came out, I had less fear. But when my first and my second, I thought, I don't work. I don't have any skills. I know I'm a smart person, but who knows that? No one. <laughs> what am I going to do? I have... I, and I told you this, there was this one time when I was, I only had Sophia, and I felt like my family had um, turned their backs on me, because I had um, finally reached out and spoken up about Alejandro, and they sided with him, and that was enough for me to keep my mouth closed forever, <laughs> you know, I remember that night. Um, that I had said something to start the conversation so that I could just let it all out and I'm telling you my mom was more concerned in a marriage than what was going on in that marriage and uh, when I saw that they sided with him you know I was so I really took a beating on me because even if he was right, which he was not, I'm your daughter. I'm your sister. You side with me. But I wasn't, I was, I was saying the truth, but they chose to believe him. And I remember they didn't even let me take Sophia because I was, I couldn't believe what was going on. I couldn't believe that what I was hearing and I left I think it must have been like 1, 2 in the morning and I left I couldn't be in that house like traitors <laughs> who are you like like I want to say bad words right now that's how I felt and I left walking to where I lived at the time which is probably like I don't know 3-4 miles away and I was so bad that I wasn't even scared. I was glad I didn't have Sophia with me though. I was glad about that part because that's dumb. What would you say <clears throat> to this 20 something year old young lady uh, recently became a mother in this same situation where she finds herself alone? You know what? I would say this I was so embarrassed to ask for help because I felt initially I was embarrassed to ask for help because I couldn't believe it was happening to me like not the type of person that I was it could happen to anyone so number one don't think that it's your fault like you were the stupid one and that's why it happened to you you know number two if you don't have anyone, like family, don't be embarrassed to seek resources in your community. Um, I knew of domestic violence shelters and all that stuff, but I was too embarrassed to go because I thought, what? Me? I don't belong there. That's for, you know, those type of girls, not me. But that, that pride. Yeah, that pride. <laughs> they thank you. That pride. 
um, you know, because even when I felt like my family, you know, when they did that, I felt like, oh, I'm not going to tell my family anymore because it's, it's just me. It's now it's just you. Um, I should have, I should have gone to one of those resources, you know, and put it in your head is temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. Um, but I would say seek out resources. If you go to a church, you need to tell someone. You need to talk to someone and talk to the right person because you might be discouraged if you tell the wrong person. The wrong person might give you stupid advice. You need to talk to someone who is older. If you're young, don't go seeking advice with someone your own age because not because I just I don't recommend it. Go seeking someone who is wise and older. Um, and yeah, don't have that pride. At least if you're like me, that pride, like I don't belong there. Like I'm too smart for that. No, I wasn't. I was very stupid or else I wouldn't have lasted so many years in a relationship like that. Um, believing he's going to change. He's going to change. He's going to, they're not going to change. You're not going to make them change. They're going to change when they realize that there's an issue and they want to change. And it takes a lot of work. A lot of work. So it's not going to happen from one day to another. Any other questions? <laughs> yes. Um, out of this experience, I suppose 14 years, 13 years? It was about 14 years legally married. What was your the biggest lesson you have learned? The biggest lesson that I learned, I think because I have children, everything that I've learned are things to teach my children. Um, I've, I've, what I learned about marriage, I'm teaching to my children. I learned that um, marriage, and I, I didn't go into my marriage actually thinking this you know I, I still believe in marriage like I said I'm pro-marriage I will advise or counsel against divorce for selfish reasons not for legitimate reasons you know not because oh I don't love you anymore you know that's selfish reason we don't always feel like we love the person but it's a commitment you know and it's it's bigger than you it's bigger than your spouse it's it's bigger I don't think we realize how big marriage is but you know sometimes oh he doesn't love me anymore or he doesn't do this anymore you know marriage is work if people go into marriage thinking it's just vacation it's not it's hard work and you have to be prepared to put in that work if you want to have a relationship that lasts the rest of your life um obviously there are reasons to get divorced i wouldn't say that someone's treating you like trash and beating you up and disappearing that you need counseling you need counseling as a couple and you need counseling as yourself i need counseling for myself like i don't know why i put up with all that stuff um but i've learned to teach my kids what marriage is what to look for in a lifelong partner not to just go for looks or you know what they drive <coughs> you have to see where do they want to be? Do they see you in their future? How do they, how do they um, behave in times of stress? Because you're going to be with them in times of stress. There's a lot of things that you need to look out for 
of this person in the future? What kind of parent are they going to be? Are you going to be raising these kids by yourself? So I like that I learned that because nobody taught me that. Nobody taught me. They were so focused on the sex (laughs) marriage thing that they were not focused with what you look for in a person. You know, what are red flags? And because I had so many red flags, I can tell my kids (laughs) that's a red flag. That person's a psycho. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't know everything. And, you know, sometimes people still might take me for a fool. I don't know. You know, I I, I think I'm a very, I'm not a trusting person. uh, That's one thing I lost. I used to be very trusting of people. Now I'm the opposite. I don't trust you until you prove to me that I can trust you. Um, But I still like to help people. Even if you don't deserve it, if I can help you, I will help you. Um, I just don't want you in my personal life. (laughs) But I will still help you if I can because it's within my power to do it. Um, I learned... I got three beautiful children out of it. And I, um, I, I, I don't think I would have that any other way. I, I love my kids. Um, I even love the parts that look like their father. You know, I, I don't. I, I, I love just the way that they are. They're not perfect. They, they are brats. They're ungrateful sometimes. Um, but that's stuff that I have to work on that I maybe didn't open their eyes to. There are a lot of. They have a lot of good qualities. They're very humble. They don't ask for much. Um, and they're very forgiving. So. I love that. Like, sometimes I wish they would be mad at their dad. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I think, like, David, look at him for what he is. I don't say this. I don't say this to them. And I try not to speak. And I do a good job of not speaking anything negative about their father. Because they didn't choose to, they didn't choose their parents, you know? They didn't choose to come into this world. We brought them in. Um... But I am speaking to them more openly now about what good and bad is so that they can see this is not good. But I love how I love and this can only be from God. This must be something that God has given them because I love how when they forgive, they forgive, but they can still see that it was wrong. And um I, I I love that. I wish I had that. I, I don't have it, but they do. Not all of them. I'm talking about one in particular that I see. <laughs> um, I I told you on Tuesday, I love that I'm 33 and I have my kids. I, when I was younger, I didn't, to be honest. I thought, oh my God, this is so hard. I, I told you, I was like a robot. You wake up, go to school, clean. <laughs> feed go back to sleep it was very robotic not that my love was robotic but our day-to-day tasks it was like i'm barely keeping afloat i was overwhelmed i was overwhelmed like i I don't know if you remember but i used to have two of them on a leash and then the stroller (laughs) um and even though i was married i raised them all on my own i did everything on my own he was not he was physically present but that was it um and I love all the memories that I got to do with them and I hope when they get older they remember hey I was there (laughs) (laughs) that's cool that's a good note yeah um I really 
I know that all the things I went through are part of the reason that I am the way I am. And I always state this about myself, that I like who I am. Um, obviously, uh, I do know that I have to grow as a person. I have to grow as a mother. I have to grow as a Christian. I have to grow as a person. But overall, I like the person that I am. All the ugly that it took for me to get like this and all the good. One thing I do want to get back is how much more joyful I was before. Not that I'm not joyful now. I, I am. But before, it used to take a lot to take the joy out of me. Now it doesn't take that much. <laughs> you know? But I've learned now that if you're sucking out the joy out of me, I need to get away from you. Yeah, you uh, know? definitely. Um, but um, I, I, I learned how much God loves me in all this. I really did. I think I was t I was telling you that, you know, people would say, oh, you're a single mom. And yes, yes, that was the definition, single mom. But I told you, it was like, for me to say I'm a single mom, I felt like I would be blaspheming against God because he provided for me. Like I was telling my mom, um, <laughs> there was this time that I, I literally made $400 every two weeks. I remember this was not that long ago and this job would treat us like ancient days you would have to wait in line and pick up your check oh wow yeah they did not believe in direct deposit <laughs> we were literally like little factory workers and we had to wait there on payday and pick up our checks in a little envelope and i remember i would open that check and laugh <laughs> <laughs> i literally I didn't make that much, number one. And after taxes and after calling in sick all the time, my check was like $468, $486. And I would think, what am I supposed to do with this amount? Like, like not that it's a joke. I, I, I never felt work is a joke, but I would think like, like okay all right let me put it in my bag let's let's go um but i could always pay rent which wasn't a lot thank god also it was not a lot i'm gonna tell you how much my rent was <laughs> my rent was six hundred dollars a month for a two thousand square foot home in los angeles that could have only been from god because i can't even get a a single for 600 <laughs> but but so i went like okay so this check is part for my rent and then the other check was for my cell phone for whatever i needed in the house because i was also getting food stamps which i thank god because i think i got like five six hundred dollars of food stamps at that time so i didn't have to worry about food um and people are Non-believers are going to go out like, well, that's not thanks to God. That's thanks to the Government. public service. Well, <laughs> thank God for the public service. <laughs> exactly. Thank God for Kennedy. <laughs> um, so never in those years that I was with my ex-husband living by myself, did I ever need, not have the necessities. Now, you have to be smart because God provides. But I wasn't going out there spending it on things that I didn't. I knew what my responsibilities were and what I little I got that's what it was for and 
God never left me. And you're not going to believe this. I'm going to add this. <laughs> Fill it all, perk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, lo- I don't like sharing this. I don't share this. But it brings a smile to my heart. There was this one time where I had this Bible. And um, there's this portion of certain Bibles where you can write notes. Okay. And I remember I wrote, God. I'm tired of not even having a dollar to buy a jumbo jet. <laughs> I'm tired of being on the bus because I was on the bus a lot. And I put all the things that, not that I was complaining of, but that I wanted more. And I said, and I'm going to have faith in you. And I don't know when I'm going to see it, but I'm going to see it. And I glued that page because I didn't want anybody to read it. I put glue and I, <laughs> I, the other one? I sandwiched it. No, like this. Like uh-huh. this is the page and uh-huh. I sandwiched it because that was my personal note to God. And it was for nobody to read. <laughs> <laughs> and um, when I got that job that paid me 400 and something, that, that was pre that job. Okay. So that job was a blessing in itself. <laughs> Those $400 were a blessing. I remember that I, after that, I would go to Jack in the Box and I could only afford the dollar one because I wasn't making that much money. And I would sit in the, in my mom's car because she would loan me her car, which is now mine. She ended up selling it to me. (laughs) And I would eat the Jumbo Jack and I would say, remember when I couldn't afford a Jumbo Jack? (laughs) And um, now when I fill up my tank of gas, I remember, I don't want to, because at the time, we would have cars on and off, and I remember that when we would have cars, we didn't have gas money for it. And I hated that. That was like, oh, that was a curse. Like, what's the point of having a car? I can't put freaking gas in it. So now that I fill up my tank, and I fill it up, I don't put no 10, no 15, and I think that's part of my trauma. <laughs> I make sure I fill it up, and I think, God, remember when we would be scraping up dollars to put freaking a quarter tank in the car? So, back to what I said. I can never say that I was a single mom because even though, yes, I was single, even though I was legally married, I was practically single all those years. Um, I never felt that when it came to necessities, I was alone. And for most people, that's the main thing. You know, oh, you're a single mom. You have to pay everything on your own. But I always knew that God was with me and never, never did my kids not have a roof over their head, not have clothes on their back, not have shoes on their feet or food in their stomachs. And I know that was thanks to God. However it is that he He provided it. And um, I saw how much love God, God loved me. And that's why now I can't repay him other than loving him back the same way. And how am I going to love him by getting to know him? Because he was just so, he was and he continues to be so good. And even though I made so many mistakes because nobody told me to get into that relationship. Nobody made me stay in that relationship. It was, uh, you know, I, God is so merciful. I got so many things that I didn't deserve. Um, Not to say that I didn't get things that I did deserve because I also did get them. You know, (laughs) obedience, God loves obedience. Um, not that I was obedient in everything. I was not. Um, but I realized, also knowing, like, 
Can I say a bad word? Absolutely. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> knowing shitty people, um, <laughs> I realize God is not a shitty person. He's not a person, but you know what I mean? Like, everyone that I've met that's supposed to, you know, have the answers, have my back, have your back, okay. we're shitty. <laughs> And I can't say, like, God always had my back, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, that's why I can't deny him, because everyone here is, not not you, but, <laughs> you know, people are shitty. <laughs> They're horrible. Not just any people, you know, people who you put in positions of trust. And I don't have that many, but the few that I did have, I couldn't even trust. <laughs> Some of them for no fault of their own, you know? Yeah. Others took advantage of the trust that they had. And um, I don't know. I do know. <laughs> I just say that. But God has been too good to me. Been too loving. Too loving to me. And when people here on this earth try to give you love it, it can't compare because their love is limited or their love has has something that they want in return right. you know so i don't know i i'm happy i wouldn't do things any other way i would not that doesn't mean i don't desire other things like i do desire for my children to have a father not just a father but a father that loves them a father that stays up at night for them that l thinks about them that thinks for their well-being and they're not gonna have it they don't have it they're not gonna have it and he they do end up having it they're gonna be grown by then you know what i mean that 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 part that part upset at me just a few days ago i was able to let it go um but i wouldn't I had different plans for myself. They didn't go out that way. And I'm glad where I am at now. I, like I told you, I love, I love being 33. I love having my three children. I'm still going through, through, through hard times. And I know if you have teenagers, you know what that is, you know? And I know it's going to get, I mean, I know the world says it's going to get worse. I'm a little afraid. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but... I just went through something with my oldest daughter. Um, but those are just things that are, that I still, I, you know, problems don't stop. Um, I wouldn't go back because maybe I wouldn't be the person that I am now. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk that. Like I said, I, I love the person that I am. I, I do wake up saying, hey, good job. <laughs> <laughs> I just patted myself on the shoulder. I do. I, I do. Because... I don't have many friends, but if, if you need something and I can do it, I, I would do it. I I've lost I'm, I lost that bitterness before. I was I would say, well, screw you, you know. But <laughs> no, or I I used to say, well, you looked for it. And even though we do look for things, I'm glad that I don't think that way anymore. You know. <laughs> um. So that's my story. I have many more other stories. Awesome. Well, hopefully you can uh, you can come back again in the near future and tell us one of your other stories yes and i'm expecting coffee that next time <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i'm well, the one who brought coffee today <laughs> <laughs> well 
We'll just have to cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being here and uh, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for listening. This was therapeutic for me. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to believe that, but it was. Awesome. The, the more I say this story, the less I cry. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Okay, that's it. That's it. It stopped. Oh uh, no, it's still Are going. Are those your notes? Um, yeah, they're time. They're just notes. You're yeah, like, I'm gonna cut this off. Yeah, like... no, yeah. So like that one's um, you blew your nose, so I'm gonna cut that part <laughs> off. And then I coughed. And then I said note. It's been an hour and How 20 was that? minutes. Would anybody-